0: Hello and welcome to episode number two of the Student Ministry Noobs podcast. We're so glad that you chose to listen to this. Uh, whenever you are listening to this, and we hope that it's a help to you. I'm joined today by our co-host Colton Tucker. How are you, Colton?
1: I'm doing good, man. It's been a it's been a crazy few weeks, but glad to be here. Yeah, good. Uh, I, I wanted to start things out. Tell me
0: about uh, student ministry for you in the past month. What like what's going on? Anything?
1: Uh, yeah, incredible. Two of my teens got saved at camp. Uh, brother and sister, two separate nights back-to-back, yeah, so that was awesome, that man. was really huge. Um, saw a lot of spiritual growth, and I always compare uh, ministry to mowing grass. And what I mean by that is, when I mow the grass, <laughs> I see immediate results. Uh, in ministry, it may take months, years, but this was one of the few times where you kind of saw that upfront growth, um, seeing two teens get saved. Yeah. So that was really cool, but I know that's, uh, that's not always the case. Right, right.
0: That's awesome, man. Really cool. Uh, what, what have you been teaching on the last little bit?
1: So this is kind of uh, maybe odd for for me to like say on a teaching episode, but we've been going through world religions, and the reason for this is at the beginning of the year, I told our teens... I did this last year. I really liked it. So I told them this year, uh, give me requests, things that you want to know about, things you want to learn. Um, I may not go through all of them. Sometimes I can answer it in a question. But one of my teens was was really interested in different religions, uh, not joining them, but just he was curious about how they match up to the Bible. And so we spent, we spent quite a few weeks going through that. Um, a really good book for that I used was by Ray Comfort. Uh, called World Religions in a Nutshell, and that really helped me as I prepared. So we just actually finished that up two weeks ago, and we've been also going through, in between, we've been going through 1 Corinthians with them. Wow, that's awesome. Uh,
0: I've been uh, teaching on, uh, we. it was a sermon series we called What to Do After the Mountaintop, um, and it was after camp, after VBS. So you, you know you have those mountaintop experiences, those spiritual highs, and then you come back from camp, and uh, you know the things you surrendered. You know two days later, you're you're back at it, or the decisions you made, you go back on. And so we talked through that some, and, and really it was a it was a series on on how to make sure you're having a, a close walk with God and everything. And we had a good time with it. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, and I, I, think the teens enjoyed it as well. We also did a, uh, we had a, an activity called Pastors Versus, and I don't know if I love the name, but the activity itself was really fun. And uh, we got all of our pastors from our church to compete against each other in different, like, crazy activities. So, uh, and then the teens they 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 voted on who they thought was going to win. It was basically betting, but we called it voting, so that makes it okay. <laughs> uh, it was it was a ton of fun, though. We 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 really enjoyed it. Uh, our lead pastor, Pastor Tony, was like trying to break ricks and do all sorts of crazy stuff so it was it was really awesome we had we had a good time with it well uh today we're gonna be talking about the topic of teaching and how we teach and just you know what that looks like obviously if you're listening to this podcast you have uh, some interest in student ministry and if you have an interest in student ministry then you have probably some sort of interest in in teaching them uh, whether that's from a platform or just uh, one-on-one in, in a discipleship format however it may be teaching is a, is an important part of student ministry uh, i remember when I when I first started I remember going into my office and thinking like, all right, I have to prepare a message for Wednesday. What's it going to be? And I like, I had no idea. And you have, you know, this this whole Bible that you can speak on. And it's, it's like, where do you start? How do you do it? How long should it be? How short should it be? How many illustrations? How many stories? Blah blah blah, and so on and so forth. And uh, how do we do it? And Uh, We're not coming from the point of being experts by any means. Uh, We are noobs. Uh, I've been at it three years. Colton, you've been at it uh, right at two years?
1: Yeah, just shy of two years.
0: Just shy of two years. Um, So, I mean, we're we're by no means experts at this, and uh, we're still learning along the way, but we want to kind of share... What we've learned. So, uh, Colton, I would love for you to tell us just about your experience when you first started in student ministry. When it comes to teaching,
1: yeah. So I remember, like, uh, walked into my office, kind of similar to you. I sat down and I started thinking, what What am I gonna What am I gonna teach on? Do I do a series? Do I do a A one-off lesson. Uh, I had a little bit of an advantage um, coming into this church because I interned here before I came on staff. So I had a little bit of a relationship with some of the teams already. So that definitely helped me because I was very nervous about what to start on. And so I actually sat down and went through all of my college sermons and I started pulling through like, okay, which one did I get the best grades on? (laughs) Um, And so I I started going through, like remembering some of them that I used. And I did that for like two weeks and that was, um, it worked. It was not the route to go because I realized that, and and you know the same experience because we went to college together. The way I had to preach for a preaching class is so much different than the way I preach with the teens. So I did that for like two weeks and then, realize I definitely need to do something different. <laughs> yeah, I know that. That absolutely makes sense. I
0: remember uh the first series that I taught and I, I I don't know. I I remember at the time really feeling like God was leading me to do this and and I I genuinely think he he was, but it was like looking back it's like, man, what was I thinking? Uh what, our first like we got there and then the very first series I, I preached to our, our teens, our, our new youth group, was on purity.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. So it's like,
0: come in and, and tell them, you know, guard your bodies. And <laughs> I don't know. It was just a, quite quite a, a series to, to jump in on. And I don't know. Anyway, I, I felt like God was leading uh, that way. I, were I to do it again, uh, only if God were, were leading me that way, at least for, for a first sermon series, um, it was uh, it was definitely, definitely a little rough. But from there, I, I started to look around. And, um, honestly, I I looked at, at other people and asked advice on, on what other people do. And I found, uh, that a lot of student ministries use curriculums. And so I looked into a few different curriculums and I ended up getting one called Grow Curriculum. I, I, I enjoyed it. I used it for a, a solid couple years. I didn't use everything, um, but I, I did use a lot of it. Uh, and it was like, I think $1,000 for the year. So we we budgeted for it and then purchased it. And it, it came with a ton of resources and everything you need to to really be able to to have good sermon series throughout the year. Um, and so I, I used that for, for a little while, and uh, I, I really did enjoy it. Every sermon series would come with like uh, its own sermons, and then they had this special sermon builder thing. Uh, that you could use. It had kind of like a drag and drop method, and then you could uh, edit different things and stuff. So I always, you know, went through and, and customized it for our group and uh, just kind of used it as a skeleton and then fleshed it out based on, on what our group was going through and our context and everything. So it was good uh, for the time that I did use it. And then uh, my pastor, Pastor Tony, he uh, he started to kind of challenge me to to pull away from that some and to preach my own messages and to just, uh, have them on my own. So yeah, so that's, that's what I've been doing for about the the last year or so. And, um, it's gone well. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, and it's, it's helped me grow as a, as a speaker and as a teacher and, and I've, uh, I've just grown through it. So it's been good. Colton, uh, what about you? Do you have any experience with curriculums or no
1: curriculum or? Yeah. Um, actually have a really good friend here in Roanoke. Um, his, Michael Kilbride is his name. So, Michael, if you're ever listening later, uh, this is a shout out for you. Uh, Michael's a good friend of mine. I met him when I first came here. And he's actually kind of a reason that I got hired here because he works for Word of Life. Word of Life is, uh, they have a Bible institute, I believe, up in New York. But they also produce curriculum for, I think, all age groups up up through high school. I don't think they go past that. Uh, but they have a really good curriculum. So, when I first started, uh, you know, he really encouraged me to use it and, Uh, I used it, I think, for for two lesson series when I first got here. And I was, it was honestly, it was hard for me to use a curriculum because I was so used to to preparing my own stuff. So it was actually a little bit more challenging to use a curriculum because I'd be finding myself tweaking it so much that it really wasn't someone else's curriculum anymore. But over time I learned, for me, I found a really good balance with it. Um, I found that I was more passionate prepping with my own material than using the curriculum. And so last year, uh, like around VBS time, I kind of found myself falling back on, well, I'll just just use the curriculum. And so I would kind of just read through it and then preach it. And just wasn't as impactful, I feel like, because I felt like I was just regurgitating information that was given to me. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm praying that the Lord use that. But for me, I I found that I prefer to like, you know, like you said, over the past year, you've been making your own. I prefer to do my own, but I don't think there's an issue with using curriculum because I'll definitely say there's times like, you know, VBS time is crazy busy. Um, Around camp time is really busy. My position at the church I'm in, um, I'm involved a lot with with the events that go on. I'm the assistant pastor and the youth pastor, so my my role is a little bit different than some student pastors. So I I do more than just youth groups. So um, there are busier seasons throughout the year where I definitely um, I, I always look at it and say that's a curriculum month because there's just so much going on at the church. Uh, it's it's ready made. I can pull from it. Um, but one thing I always try to do, and in Michael Kilbride, the Word of Life um, guy that's here, he really encouraged me. He said, make it your own. You know, go through, chop it up, change it, make it your own. Don't just um, don't just take it and read it. And I was thankful for him saying that because it definitely helped me. There's pros and cons definitely to using curriculum. That's just, for me, that has been the best way that I have found it. Uh, those busier months, maybe maybe two, three months out of the year, I know are going to be really crazy. I think it's really good. It, it can be beneficial to you to have that on hand. But I also think you shouldn't only rely on that because as a pastor, the only way you're going to expand that is by um, doing your own study and writing your own sermon. Yeah, yeah, I
0: agree. Uh, there definitely some of the, the pros of, of curriculum is that it is, you know, it's already mostly prepared for you, which does allow the time uh, for you to be able to do more relational ministry and one-on-one discipleship and things um, just because it, it, it does save you a little bit of time. Um, I will say if you're if you're wanting to use a curriculum, uh, do not think you can just pick one and then, you know, five minutes before church starts, like download it and have it. and. Right. Just go up there and read it. If you do that, uh, it's not going to work. I mean, it it needs to be prayed over. It needs to be practiced. It needs to be customized. It needs to be uh, adjusted because there's going to be stuff that you would read and your teens or adults or whoever's listening would be like, what in the world is he talk like? That makes no sense. That does not fit our our context or or whatever it may be. So, so I mean, I, I'm I'm definitely not opposed to it. Uh, I I really think it's a a good way to to get into ministry and get into to preaching and figuring out what you like and and everything like that. But make sure you customize it. Make it your own. Don't just mm-hmm. don't just steal somebody else's thing. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, Colton, uh, tell me this. How has your teaching like, style changed over the years uh, from, from when you started to where you are now? Like stylistically, how, how has things changed?
1: So I definitely noticed that there's one particular person. Uh, Mike Smith is his name. I, I like to name drop, so you're going to learn that about me. I like to throw names out there that um, people may have no idea who I'm talking about. Uh, Mike Smith is actually a teacher at Pensacola Christian Academy. And when I interned at Campus Church down in Florida, I got to see him speak at one of the kids' camp. And I heard him teach, and I was like, yeah, preach, I would say. Um, And I was fascinated with the way that he presented it. And I sat there, and maybe I should do this, maybe I shouldn't do this, but I remember thinking, like, I want to preach like that guy. There was just something about the way he presented it that connected to me. And um, I, I saw a lot of similarities with my teaching style, my preaching style. That I um, really he influenced me. And so the way I used to teach, and then I'll kind of explain how he teaches. The way I used to teach, I would get up there, I'd have my three points, I'd preach my three points, and then it would be over. Alliterated, right? Yeah, alliterated. You, ha- you have to have all A's, all <laughs> B's, all C's. I mean, I'm a Baptist, okay? That's what you do. Um, <laughs> alliteration, and uh, but but so that's kind of how. Um, that's how I learned in college too. Was you know three point outline, three point outline, and then I heard him teach while I was at interning, and I, you know he had no points. He had one main idea, and it was crazy because I could I could tell he had like maybe he had three ideas in there, but he didn't say point number one, point number two. And so the way I used to teach and preach, I would I would kind of go through that and say you know my first point, my second point. Uh, then over time, I realized that as a listener, that doesn't, that doesn't help me because you're kind of losing me. But if you can keep me engaged the whole time, but also give me that information without having to tell me, this is my first point. Um, I've always just connected better with speakers like that. Maybe that's just the way that, that my brain works. And so um, I, I went from a one, two, three outline, here's my three points to, I'll probably still have those three points, but you may not get it word for word. But at the end, you could go back and say, oh, I remember him talking about these three things. And it was more of just like the the way I transitioned through that. So I learned that Mike Smith was was a really good example for that. I could go back and see, here's his three ideas, but he never like word for word said these things, but these are the three things he talked about. And yet he kept me engaged the whole time. And by the last point, it all flowed together. Alliteration isn't bad. And sometimes I do that because, you know, I am a Baptist, alliteration is okay. Um, but sometimes I notice I can sacrifice good preaching just to have that three, like here's, I have to have three points. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's times I teach now where, um, I may have just one key point and that's the only thing we talk about. So so that's, that's changed for me a little bit instead of that rigid one, two, three outline.
0: Right. Right. I, I heard somebody say, uh, before, Uh, They said that clear always beats clever. Right. Um, And so, you know, you may have it cleverly alliterated and use these crazy words that nobody knows what they mean, but it has the same first letter. Oh, yeah. Uh, But if it's clear, that's going to beat being clever every time because people will actually get it and they'll remember it and understand it. I, I will say this too. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like my speaking has changed some, but I, th- I think it's been as I have changed more or less. Uh, I, was, I was told by my youth pastor growing up, uh, since we're name dropping, Josh Green, uh, he told me, he was my youth pastor, great guy. He told me uh, he knew I was interested in getting into, into student ministry, and he said, hey, just always be yourself, always be yourself, always be yourself, always be yourself. Uh, Craig Rochelle says uh, people would always follow someone who's always real than someone who's always right. And um, I have just just really uh, s- strived, Strive? striven, strove. <laughs> I don't know what the word is there. Anyway, I have strived. Man, what is it? What's the word? You've you've striven. I, I think it's striven. Um, let's go with striven. I have striven okay. <laughs> to, uh, to really just be myself. Um, and, and no matter what, just, just be me. And if, if I've, if, you know, uh, like when I was doing curriculum, if like there was something in there and it wasn't me, I wasn't going to read it. Like I was going to take it out and not, I'm not going to read it because I, it's not me. I I'd rather, I'd rather it be me, uh, than, than somebody else. And, uh, people notice when you're not being yourself especially teenagers and all they think is mm. man why isn't this guy being real um, and that's what they want they want to see you you know being yourself and just letting them have have access into into your life your your real life not just uh, some some fake identity. So um, I, I think that's super, super important. How about this, Colton? What about expositional and topical preaching? What's the what's the difference? What's your opinion on either pros and cons? What do you think?
1: Well, um, to be honest with you, Bryce, I, uh, I'm i led by the Spirit when I preach. And so there's times I may not even use the Bible. Hey, man. Uh, I'll just get up there and say whatever's on my mind. No, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, that's definitely a joke. Please don't take that seriously. Um, you heard it here. There are Clinton people Tucker who truly believe. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't listen to that. I'm gonna. He's gonna edit that out later. No. no. Anyway, um, there there are people who actually do believe that. And yes, you are led by the Spirit, but the Spirit also should lead you through the week as you prepare. Um, I know you hit on it earlier. Like if you're taking that curriculum or that lesson, whatever it is, if you think five minutes before is, is plenty of time, um, you're lying to yourself and you are only going to hurt not only the way that you speak, but you're also going to hurt that time you have with your teens because you only get a limited time with them. And if you're not preparing um, throughout the week to, to really present a clear presentation of God's word, then you are, you're failing them. Um, So yes, please be led by the Spirit. I definitely want to be led by the Spirit, but um, He also gives you the ability to prepare throughout the week. So uh, uh, expositional, topical, preaching styles. um, I like both. Honestly, I, I think there is room for both. I've realized something recently that there are different passages that I can preach expositionally to the teens. And it's like, wow, this is great. And then there are some passages where I might make it more topical. I might I might take one verse out of this passage and pull the topic from it. Some people have different opinions. They say you can only do expositional, or they'll say expositional is boring. You should only do topical. Um, if you're not sure, by the way, what expositional and topical preaching is, expositional means um, you're, you're taking maybe your three points um, alliterated, of course, um, because we're Baptists, but um, expositional, if you're not sure what that is, it means you're you're taking, say you've got um, seven verses. I'm going to preach through these seven verses, and I'm going to tell you what God's Word says. We would say that's expositional. Uh, Topical would say, um, here's a topic. I'm going to preach on this topic. So, I'm sitting in my kitchen right now. Um, The topic is honey, wheat, bread. So, topical could really be whatever topic and then you use the bible to support that so there's pros and cons for sure to both um i have found with my teens that i kind of like to mix the two together yeah um so i like to call it top positional (laughs) and i'm gonna uh, steal that i like uh, that away top positional because i think you i think it's important to to speak on a topic Teens are influenced by so many different things in their life right now. There are so many inlets into their life that can pull them away from God's word. And so if we only focus on preaching expositionally at the sake of, I don't wanna say entertaining because we're not about entertainment, but but your team should be intrigued with what you have to present with them. So if you're just preaching expositionally um, through these seven verses, but you've you've given them the Greek, or if you're the Old Testament, you've given them the Hebrew. If they're half asleep within five minutes, then this is no good. Yeah. Whereas if you only focus on a topic, but you have no meat from God's word, it's the same thing. It's it, you're flipping it around. Then you're just entertaining them, but they have nothing to grasp onto. And so I like to blend the two. So. Um, Say I'll take a topic. Uh, recently, I mentioned we did world religions. Um, so that was more topical. Um, it wasn't quite expositional. So I was able to use different passages to support that. Verses I mentioned, we also went through 1 Corinthians um, recently. So that's more expositional. So how do I make 1 Corinthians topositional? I like that word a lot. What I, what I tend to do is I'll go through the passage. Um, just, just the other night, we actually went through 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And so I, I read through the passage. It's about, I think, 13 verses long. And verse number nine, it talks about being a stumbling block. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, there's this issue of believers um, going down to the temple and buying meat that was offered to idols. And so it's cool to take a topic like that, because that is a topic, eating food offered to idols, but also making it expositional. So we work through verses one through nine, explain the situation, but here was our main topic from that, being a stumbling block. And so I was able to use that topic and preach expositionally. So that's kind of how I like to, to blend the two together. Um, I have found for me, that's kind of one of my go-to styles. Um, if I can blend the two, I think that's a really good way to do it. Uh, I, I want to add a little note here real quick. Um, and I'm not sure, maybe Bryce, if you were gonna, if we're going to get to this, but um, like how do we write our sermons? Um, Maybe, am I getting ahead or am I okay to to share that information? No,
0: no, go for it. Yeah, hit it. Okay,
1: Um, because this ties into the way that I write these kind of sermons. The way I write an expositional sermon and the the way I write a topical sermon are completely different. A way that's really helped me recently Maybe you've heard of this, Bryce. There's a there's a place called Sermonary. Um, have you have you heard of Sermonary yeah, before? Yeah, I yeah I have a subscription with them. So oh sweet okay, so you know exactly how it works. Uh, yeah, I just recently yeah. started using it, and I am a huge fan of that. So that's just a little plug there for you for Sermonary. But as far as Expedition and Topical, I think they're both great. I think that there's, um, I think that you can use both in a good circumstance. But for me personally, I think I like
0: to blend the two. Yeah. Uh, ser- sermonary. If you haven't heard of it, feel free to look it up. But it is a sermon writing software, and uh, basically, it's it's a website. You go to it, and it it has. Uh, kind of like a drag and drop feature as well. If you've ever used like MailChimp, it's kind of similar to that. And so you can, it's like color coded. And so you can like drag in an illustration or a main point or a quote, and then you type it all in there. And it it has like different templates and stuff in there as well, um, which are are helpful. Like it gives you kind of a, a sermon format. And then, but I mean, it's not like a curriculum, like it, it, there's no topic or no passage or anything in it. You you fill all that in uh based on what you're preaching on. So yeah, that's that's really cool. With expositional and, and topical, uh, I, I have no problem at all with with topical messages as long as each passage is addressed expositionally, meaning that, you know, if if I'm speaking on uh, mental health or something, which if you work with teenagers, like that's a big deal. But there's uh, you know, you're gonna be hard pressed to to. Preach uh, like uh, an expositional series on, you know, on mental health, you know, it's not like, oh, the first four chapters of Mark are all about mental health. Like it's not that way. You're not going to find it. Um, So so what I mean by that is you're going to turn to a lot of different passages and use different support verses and everything, but every verse has to be used within its context. Uh, because as soon as you you know take a verse and you're using it out of its context, uh, we're, we're misusing the word of God. I think of James uh, chapter three, verse one says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Uh, meaning that like, listen, if, if we... If we are teachers and preachers of the Word of God, like we will be held to a higher standard, meaning that that we need we have to take it seriously uh so you should put a, a good bit of time into your messages you should put in the study hours you should you should make sure that you're giving the Word of God like uh, the, the respect that it's due and, and uh, that your teens or whoever you're teaching to is is getting a, a message that's been prepared, that's been guided by the Holy Spirit and one that's going to be, be beneficial to them. I've heard people say before, don't do ministry unless it's the only thing you can do. Um, because like, it's 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 a high calling, you know, and and not that it, it means we're we're better than anybody else, but but we will be held to a higher standard. I'm going to be held to a higher standard than a, a businessman because I have chosen to be a teacher, a preacher of the gospel of, of God's word, and um, so that's that's not something that you know should be should be taken lightly. Uh Colton, let me so you said did you say you use you use sermonary is that how you like like practically that's how like you actually type out your your sermon notes and stuff?
1: Yeah, I I just recently switched to it. Um so I've only, I've only a handful of sermons have gone through it and I've really enjoyed it. Before that I I typed all my messages and I went through I, I try to. When I first ever started writing sermons in college, I would always try to do skeletal type outlines. And um, when I say skeletal, I mean you know point one, point two, point three. All of them had subpoints, and all of them had sub subpoints. But that was all the information I had. So I could fit it all on one sheet of paper. What I found was I would go to preach or you know go to teach, and I would forget. Like okay, what did like I put two words here? What, what was I supposed to say? <laughs> So then I went through a period where I went overboard and I manuscripted everything. And the opposite happened. I had too much on there. So I would look down and I would get lost. Yeah. And so before switching to sermonary, what... Um, and actually, the way I structure sermonary is actually similar to, to how I kind of had structured my, my notes before this. It's just so much easier to have it right there for me. Uh, but I found that, you know, I'll have like that point one and then maybe I'll have like Two or three sentences and then I'll, I'll press enter and have two or three sentences so that way it gives me the freedom to not have to look at my notes as much but when i do have to look at my notes like if, so say i'm on point one and i'm on a rabbit trail um, i get on rabbit trails a lot and uh, I'm, I'm sure you know what that's like bryce um yep. you've known me for a long time so you know i like rabbit trails yeah, you do. but what helps me um i <laughs> i had a pastor tell me uh, actually show me the way he did his notes and his was similar to this it really helped me because he said, "You just just write like one or two key sentences. So if you get lost or don't remember, you can kind of read that and it jogs your memory. Hmm. Um, depending how much study you've put into a sermon, you're going to find like there there are some times where my uh, like my notes might stay up on my um, on my podium, and I may never look at them." because the amount of study that's gone into, I, I know where I'm going. Uh, there's other times where maybe you've prepared early in the week, and you're going to have to rely on your notes more. But the whole point is if you if you put that... Um you put that time into it, you know, whether you have to use your notes as much or as little as you do, the, the whole point is that how you format them is going to help you. So for me, using skeletal notes wasn't enough information. Using manuscript was too much information. So I kind of try to balance the two.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very, very similar to what I do. Uh, it's not, so when I when I hear manuscript, I think of like, it's like paragraphs, you know, and it's just like, if somebody took what you were saying and literally like wrote it into a, you know, an essay... Um, but I, I've, I've kind of mixed them as well. And I kind of do like a, uh, a, a bullet point manuscript, if that makes any sense. Like the, the bullets are thoughts, but it'll be, you know, two or three sentences, like full sentences. Um, and so usually I can look at it and see it and know, know like what I'm going to say or or where I'm going with it, man. I have, I still don't think I've like nailed down like the way that I, I like to, to type out or write out my sermons. Uh, our, our pastor, he has like, he it's he has like this system like nailed down and he just does it in microsoft word and like uh, yellow text means this, and blue highlight means this, and uh, red letters mean this. And he like he he's got like this system, and he loves it. And I mean that's that's the way that he does it. And so I've I've tried around all sorts of different things. I uh, I used to just do like a Pages document, and I would you know write my messages in there, uh, and then I I used the curriculum for a little while. Their like sermon builder thing, and I, I would even I would even make messages that like weren't a part of the curriculum in their builder. Uh, And I would, I would do things that way. It was, it was okay, uh, but didn't last very long. And then I I got sermonary, Uh, I used sermonary a a good bit and that was uh, pretty similar, a similar style. And uh, again, it, it was, it was good, worked, worked pretty well. Uh, I enjoyed it, and then uh, I started using my Apple Pencil and my iPad a lot more. Um, and for I don't know a, f- a few months at this point, I've been handwriting all of my sermon notes, uh, but on my iPad. So I still I go up to preach with my iPad, um, but everything is is handwritten with my Apple Pencil, and I've I've really enjoyed it so far. Uh, I don't know that I'm gonna stick with it, you know, long term. But but so far I've I've really enjoyed it. And uh, it's, it's helped me with remembering things um, because, you know, there's, there's definitely a connection between, you know, when you hand write something, you're, you're more likely to remember it. And so I've been doing that. It's, it's helped me a lot. I feel like I've, I've been able to be uh, less connected to my notes. Not that I was crazy connected before, but I feel like I've had more freedom to step away from my notes, knowing uh, more of what I'm going to say. And so, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, been beneficial for me. So I've, I've enjoyed that. And hey, I'll, I'll say this real quick just to, to put in a, a little plug. Uh, if you have like questions about how we, uh, you know, write messages or, or questions on some of the things we're asking, uh, you're welcome to send an email to Bryce. S-M-N-P for Student Ministry News Podcast. Uh, Bryce is with a Y, so B-R-Y-C-E-S-M-N-P at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, you're welcome to send us an email there and uh, we will address it in a future episode. So if you have something, we'd love to hear about it. And I wanted to give uh, one last thing before we uh, before we go, and that's the fact that teenagers rarely, rarely, if ever – Give any feedback on messages. And uh, let me just a- encourage you that that doesn't mean that it's bad. Uh, I-, I joke with people and I tell them anytime I preach in big church, like on a Sunday morning, I leave feeling like a rock star because I'll have, you know, like 10 or 12 people come up and they're like, man, that was so good. You really blessed my day. Like they'll talk about all this stuff. And I'm like, man, like I never hear any of this with the teens. I I can count on one hand, the times where a teen has come up to me and been like, man, your message was really helpful to me, blah, blah, blah. Like they just don't do it. most of them don't, don't feel the need to do it. They don't have the confidence to do it. Um, but that that doesn't mean it's not working. Uh, I I've heard here recently uh, a couple of our teens say something like, "Oh, I have like a, a notes on my phone of like quotes from you." And I'm like, "Quotes from me? Like what did I quote? What did I say that you like wanted to write down? The stuff that you would never know." it speaks to them. Just know that, you know, it's God using you and it's, it's not about you anyway. It's about preaching the word of God faithfully and letting the Holy Spirit do his work in their lives. And, um, so yeah, Uh, Colton, I'm sure you have, you have some experience. Yeah. If I could just add
1: just, just like real briefly to that, um, there's this one teen in my youth group and I won't say their name or anything because if they're ever listening to this, then they would know. Um, but, They just, every time I preach, I'm like, are they mad? Are they upset? Or do they just don't (laughs) care? They don't want to be here? I have that person. uh, I'll name drop. It's
0: Ellie. Ellie.
1: Oh, man. Ellie
0: has the worst resting
1: face ever. Ellie, if you (laughs) ever listen to this podcast
0: you have a bad resting face. She knows it though. I joke with her all the time about it.
1: So uh, my wife and I always joke about about this one team because it's always like, uh, one time she was like, are they mad? I was like, I I don't know. Well, it was really crazy because I always thought every time I taught, I'm like, they're not listening. They don't care. They just want to be here for the games. They just want to be here for their friends. And um, I thought that for almost the past two years. And then the other night I I was talking about something that I taught earlier in the year and it was like verbatim. They just started talking about that lesson. And I thought, Wait, I thought like I thought you didn't really care. You didn't want to be here. But you never know who's listening. Yeah. yeah. And you may you may write off those people that maybe have the the bad resting face or or look uninterested. But sometimes that's just how people look when they're listening. Right. And uh, that was that was really cool to see.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Well, hey, we're so thankful for uh, you listening to this podcast and man we hope it was a help to you again if you have any questions uh, feel free to send us an email and we'd love to answer those for you uh, we're honored that you took the time to listen uh, we look forward to our next episode and we hope that you'll continue listening to this podcast remember that the purpose of this podcast is to build a community of student ministry noobs those who are, are new to ministry and, and need need the help we, we all know that uh, we need seasoned mentors we need people who have been doing it for 20-30 years years who can help us and guide us, but we also understand the need to have someone with you who's in the trenches right now, who's, who's a noob just like you are, and so we want to help you, and we hope that this podcast is a help to you. So we'll catch you
1: on the next one. Thanks for listening, guys. You've been listening to the Student Ministry Noobs Podcast.